Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to take the play to talk to That last run, in fact, again, they put the foul for the first. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Fifth Sweeney and Richard Hindley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 167. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my draft tech analyst and good friend, Rich Tinley. How is it going, Rich, after the Jets? Uh, proved me wrong, which happily did in beating the Cleveland Browns on the road, 31-30, with just over a minute left in the game. Yeah, well, I mean, what a weekend, what, a, what an absolute dinger of a game we had the weekend. Like, uh, I must even admit myself, like, uh, before, like, the, they got to 30 points when uh, they ran in that third touch, Russian touchdown. <laughs> Like I was like, well, the game's over. Like, and then when he did run it in for for the score, and we scored so quickly, then with with Davis, it was like game on. But yeah, what a way to get your first win of the season, and what a way to do it. Like, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Because the thing is, right at the end of the game, when uh, they scored their last touchdown, um, Flacco had a couple of plays, and then on the on the third down play. He throws it out to the left, to the sideline, and absolutely misses uh, the wide receiver by a mile. Absolutely throws it out bounds. And it was the second time he done it that evening. Um, and I was like, ah, fuck it anyway. There's the game gone. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, I was looking at it and I was thinking, that's the game over. We're all in two type of thing. And, uh, but like even at that, like even when I was kind of resigned to the game being over, I was still kind of quite happy with the vast majority of what I've seen in terms of like being competitive and things like that. Now, Cleveland, uh, I think we did okay against them uh, run defense wise. I think uh, for, for the most part we kind of did like uh, shut down the run game up until probably the fourth quarter. It kind of looked like. It was a, a game where we were running a steam for the last eight minutes, and then we kind of just built up ahead of steam for the last two. It was, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy game, but yeah, really fun to watch and absolutely delighted to get the win. You know, um, I think it's been 
one of those sort of uh, tenuous for Salah, I think getting a win this early in the season should hopefully ease things. And, and like we've got Cincinnati, who's 0-2 this week coming in, who haven't been playing great. Like I do think we could potentially go to one. So like if that is to happen, like and we've got Zach Wilson coming back to hand him the reins over in a couple of weeks. You know, we could be like in a decent enough position to actually like become a relevant team this year, you know? Yeah, here's a few stats for you after the game. Jets defense is ranked 18th. We're 21st in the run defense. Pass defense are 25th. And for score, they're 25th. Um, offense. They're ranked 8th, 23rd in on the run game. Uh, pass, they're actually ranked 3rd. Uh, scoring, tied 15th. That's not bad. Uh, second game into the season, especially after the week before game where we struggled on offense. But I thought this in this game, I thought there was more struggles on defense than offense compared to the first game, where I thought Chubb was having a field there running on the defence, to be honest. I thought uh, Gardner now had a few struggles, but look, it's a rookie. Um, honestly, yeah. when it came to the safety position, Joyner is, like, that's two games now where he's disappointed me. Um, big time free safety. I thought, no, when Ashton Davis came in, now, I know I've been on his back all summer, off-season, but when he came in, he done what he needed to do. Yeah, and, and another guy that stepped in as well there was uh, Brandon Eccles, come in at cornerback when Sauce went out, and, you know, Cleveland tested him straight off the bat, and he stood up, like, his coverage was fantastic, like, it, it really, really, like, it was that, to me, it was, I know it was only a small little snippet, but his coverage was actually a lot more impressive than what Sauce Gardner's was for the game. I'm not link on Sunday, sorry, but a guy like that was actually lovely to see. Okay, some technical difficulties there with the laptop. Just went a bit bananas. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, just go back to the question about um, the the run game. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Jets Jets in the last two games have struggled to run the ball on the ground, but the running backs... I've been doing a great job receiving the ball out of the backfield. Any concerns, Rich, in the last two games? No, not at the minute, really. Like you, you, you look at the teams that you face. Cleveland have uh, been pretty decent. Like they've probably got one of the best run games in the NFL. So they come up against a pretty good run team and get plenty of practice every week against it. Same kind of with Baltimore again, another probably top five run team. So their defences are probably well keyed in and stopping the run. Also, you have the kind of the upheaval with the guys on O-line there that are missing and new guys coming slotting in here and there. So, you know, that's probably going to take a little time for them to, to gel completely. So, look, yeah, obviously, very good running backs. So, you know, I actually think they've had impressive little runs. They've shown glimpses. Both of them in, in the first two games that are well capable of putting up 100 yeah, games each when we do have holes for them. But yeah, as much as I think, you know what I mean? If you're, you're, if you're Baltimore or Cleveland the first two weeks, the one thing you probably want to shut down on the Jets offensive side of the ball with Joe Flacco there is the run game, like, and make Joe Flacco beat you. So 
you know, a walk for Baltimore, I guess, the first week, not so much for Cleveland this week. But, you know, that's probably how teams are approaching playing the Jets is stop the run. You know, when you do have two good young running backs that can, you know, like we could potentially in another year or two be looking to be that sort of Cleveland Browns team with two really, really good running backs that could be starting on on most teams of the NFL, like I, I do think Hall has looked pretty good. Again, yeah, the, the boat weapons in the uh, in the passing game too, which is great. But yeah, I think you know, a days are ahead. Let's just say on the ground for about what I think. And what about the tight end uh, group? Like before the season started, we had high hopes tight end group. Um, Tyler Conklin has. Basically, he's been the main guy in the last two games. Um, we've, seen, we've seen a glimpse of um, our third-round pick. Uh, Ruckert um, had it. Not really a drop ball, but a ball he should have caught out of the back. Basically, it was a short, short throw, and then we'd kind of Conklin two games in a row, two bad drops. Um no sign of our other tight end. Um, but are you concerned there with the tight ends? Uh, not at the moment. You know, like, again, like some weeks you'll have good matchups for the tight ends, other weeks you'll have probably good matchups for the wide receivers. Like I think this was probably a good week for Garrett Wilson, as obvious by his performance. Like two touchdowns, eight catches, first kind of game he started. Again, that was a bit of a head scratch why he didn't start. Uh, from the first snap of week one. But, yeah, from the tight end perspective, I think they probably are adding something to the blocking at the moment that we probably aren't going to really highlight or harp on because it's not really seen. But I do think they are adding to, I suppose, the blocking end of things at the minute. Yeah, they haven't been very productive um, in the passing game. But again, like I said, that could be just matchups. It could be a game where, you know, we have got a big advantage at tight end uh, coming out in the flats and, you know, being able to take it for 15, 20 yards. And you might see four or five passes thrown their, their way that week. So I think it, it'll probably go in a bit of a cycle, if I'm honest. Dean. I think some weeks our running backs will look good in the passing game. Other weeks our wide receivers. Other weeks our tight ends. So... Yeah, I'm not really worried at the minute. It, it, maybe after eight weeks, if we don't see more from the tight end group than what we're seeing now, then yeah, I would start to be a, a bit worried. But again, it's all predicated on what type of plays I've been ran and what are the best options. Like, I mean, if you've Garrett Wilson open 20 yards down the field, you're not going to dump it off five yards to your tight end just to make the tight end group look good, you know? So yeah, does, does that kind of thing too, how the games are going, where you're playing from? The, the tight ends are in general supposed to be a safety blanket for quarterback, less probably so for Joe Flacco, I think more for Zach Wilson. And I think that's probably where you will see a bit of a change in the production when Wilson comes back. I think they will be used more as that safety blanket, shall we say. The strange thing is that when Flacco was at uh, Baltimore, his, he used the tight end more than the wide receivers. But in saying that, Joe Flacco now improved an awful lot from week one. Um, he still had this slow throw motion, but he 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 was very good now. Um, I have I have to say that much. Um, 
he got caught with slow throw motion by a strip sack by County. Um, but moving on, Garrett Wilson, 102 yards, eight receptions, two TDs, game winning touchdown. Even looking at him on the sideline, uh, it was a joy to watch because with the onside kick from Man, the punter, uh, you could see. You could see uh, Garrett Wilson uh, going bananas, which which is great, uh, especially an Ohio State guy that played his, played his college football in Cleveland. Um, the other thing is, we're uh, looking at Moore. Moore hasn't really had much of a look in, but I'm not concerned because when I look at it, teams are going to start getting worried about Wilson in the next few games. And they're going to start concentrating on Wilson, which is going to free up Moore. Because last year, Moore was the danger man. It's also going to free up Davis, um, which is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think we've got, like, we've got other receivers there, and I mean, that we can take advantage of teams uh, taking one of them away, if you get me. Last year, I think if you took away Elijah Moore, we were easier to play against because we didn't really have that other guy there. Like, Davis, I don't think, was he was injured quite a lot for most of the year too in terms of seeing as that kind of weapon. But if Davis is your, probably your tall guy, then he becomes a serious viable weapon, you know, because if you've got Wilson been the main guy and Moore been kind of number two, then, yeah, Davis as a number three is a pretty strong guy in there to, you know, pick up the slack. And then, of course, we also have our tight ends there, so... Yeah, like uh, it is nice to kind of feel that you have a few weapons in the passing game and you can potentially utilize different ones every week. And I think that's probably going to be the case. You're going to have some weeks where we'll have strong games from Wilson. Other games, there'll be more teams that will put double coverage on him and maybe try and take him out of the game. I still think it'll be tough for teams to do that. Like, I really do think he's that good in terms of his running. Like, you've seen it on the final touchdown. Like, that route was as crisp as you'll see, you know, and that's a rookie doing it. Hands perfect, everything. Like, you know, that was a textbook, like, uh, route and catch, like, everything about it looked like he was playing 10 years. You know, like, that's probably overlooked by a lot of fans because we're excited with the win. But when you actually look at what he actually did with the game on the line with, uh, like, what, 22 seconds left and it on toward down, like, he ran as crisp a route as you'll see anybody do it and cutting it in there, the way he got his head around and the swivel, the way his hands were positioned to make the catch, like, it was a sure thing. Like it is, as soon as the the play started and Flacco's like that ball left his hand, it was a touchdown because of well how good Wilson is. But yeah, like uh, I do think uh, more probably might have a little bit more pressure on him now to actually step up because uh, yeah, we had a, a lot of like good things seen from him as a, as a rookie, and the expectation levels this year was probably increased because of it and. Look, if we're winning, I don't think it'll matter. But I think if we lose a couple of games and he doesn't show up on the stats sheet, people are probably going to start questioning how good he is, which I think will be unfair. But, yeah, I, again, as I said, it just depends on who's open on the play. And, you know, like, Garrett Wilson looks like he's the type of receiver that's going to be open a lot. And to try and stop him being open, the other guys I think will definitely get open and find it easier to get catches too. It's just a matter of hoping Zach Wilson can kind of take advantage of it. Yeah. The other thing is, I'd say, fair play to the 
courts like Salah, McFlurry, um, even the the special teams coordinator, um, I have to give them props now for this game because especially when the Jets were first quarter, I think it was, um, Jets were going fourth and one and went to punt the ball. And at that stage, I was absolutely F-bombs F, F at the TV because for me, Salah was doing balls again, five balls again, and he was going to punt the ball. But then Brennan Mann, Brennan Mann, had to, or went to through the ball for a reception. Yeah. You know, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, I'd give props to Mann and break the leg for this game because we're outstanding. Um, even though last week, I called it to them up. Yeah. Like last week, Rich, mm. I called it to them up. Yeah. They had a shit game. Paired them. Uh, Hunter on, especially. What we was. Yeah, so Rich, that's me giving props to the coaches. Um, like outstanding. Yeah, I think uh, they did call a battle game this week. Um, they kind of needed to add a few trick plays. That punt was kind of just spot on when they did it. Uh, but again, I also thought they were kind of unlucky a little bit uh, with some of the penalties called against them. Uh, there was a few dodgy ones there that chalked off a few nice plays for us as well that, you know, would have kept the game closer and not required to nail bite and finish. But yeah, I think um they took a few more chances this week, the coaching staff on on all sides of the ball. Um I think um as well we have on defence we've got um our fifteen million dollar man on pass rush got his full sack as a jet as well, which was nice to see. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought the pass rush was a little bit weak for the most part. I thought uh, Jacoby Bresser kind of had all day to dissect the defence there for quite a lot of the game. But, yeah, overall, I think uh, maybe the defensive side of the ball moving forward maybe needs to be a bit more creative. Yeah, yeah, Rich, but yeah, yeah, I think, you know. Uh, yeah, Rich, the one thing I wanted to say to you, thoughts on the referees in the game, the officials, because there was a lot, there was a few yellow flags in the chest, and even when the, they showed the replays of the incidences, the commentators were left scratching their heads as well. Why? Like, for instance, Hall had a run up the, the left hand side of the, the field, and I think he got first over so it was a really good run. Yeah, he ended up on the five yard line. Yeah, it was on the, the five yard line and the play was called back. Yeah, for a holding uh one of the linemen was holding, but it showed the linemen yeah. and he wasn't actually holding. Uh, no. and, then, and then you had I think it was the centre was caught downfield twice. But he wasn't gone too far downfield. So Yeah, but it's within a yard. It, like it, you were attacking those two calls were actually probably two of the only correct calls that yeah. I felt they made. I thought the one as well on the first drive where he said he was out of bounds and the Jets challenged. I think there was enough evidence there to show there yeah, was a, exactly. a bit of green between 
his uh, shoe and the sideline, but again, I don't think they wanted to really overturn that call. Um, overall, yeah. but I think yeah, uh, like fucking you know, VAR. Yeah, I think overall, like for me, it just felt that the Jets got a little bit of a bad rubber degree with the refs there the weekend. I do think there was probably maybe three calls during the game that had the went the Jets way would have changed things. Like you know, instead of like. Uh, having forced and goal on the five yard line, we're now you know second and I think twenty two at the thirty seven. You know it, it changes the game a bit. So it, it's yeah, like uh, hopefully this week now playing at home, we might get a bit more of a rubber to green again. Uh, as we talk about Wilson going off against Cleveland, like him being an Ohio State uh, alumni. Uh, he's got another Ohio team to play against this week, and hopefully he can make them go over three to start off the season, which would be disastrous for them, but like great for us. And Cincinnati is probably them and uh, the Chargers would be probably my picks for the AFC Championship. Well, the Bills too would be pretty close, but all those teams with young, cheap quarterbacks, like they're tough to bet against this year, I think. Yeah, uh before we move on, I just want to give a big shout out to Paul Malay of Dublin. Uh, he was texting me during the weekend, uh, and he like that. He gave me a big shout about, about the podcast, loves the podcast. Um, Ray O'Connor as well, um, big lover of the podcast. Um, the other thing is, uh, I have a question, Rich, and I'm going to bring it into each show, uh, and it's basically. Find it now, um, and it's which would you rather? Yeah, put it out a poll to the fans on Twitter. So the question right. is, yeah, which would you rather in their prime to enter this team now? Would you rather Jim Leonard or Tommy Ball? Tommy Bohannon. Well, oh. I mean, Jim Leonard for just the organisational skills a lot. You know what I mean? Like he's so reliable. He's um, a bit like Harrison Smith uh, for Minnesota Vikings. He has that kind of air about him, as in like he'll be the smartest guy on the field. So to have that and somebody who knows where everybody else should be, particularly when you've got a lot of young guys and a new defence, I think that would be invaluable. Like, and and I do like. Uh, Running back, the fullbacks to help the running back. Yeah, like I do, like, like it is a tough one, but yeah, like to be fair, just because of Jim Leonard's brain, it's kind of a no brainer. Like, I would go with with him, you know. What about you? Well, for me, it would have been Jim Leonard, a big fan of Jim Leonard. Um, When he was with the Jets, when he came over with Rex from Baltimore, I thought he was outstanding. He was like, for his height. He was like a coach in the field. Yeah, for his height, he was smart, safe. Well, he was brilliant. And he was, he was like a general on the, in the backfield as well, reading everything. Uh, he, he was out, he was outstanding. Um, yeah, and to be honest, he's doing a great job in college, is, uh, calling defenses. Um, yeah. the thing is, the Nebraska job is open. He could be one to watch out for. Um, yeah, so 80% of the fans, the listeners, went with Jim Leonard and 20% Tommy Bow. 
he could be taking over from Robert Salah in the future. You just never know. Ian. Like that's you know like that's kind of the way his even coaching career, like the trajectory of that is like I don't think he's going to be too long where he's not going to be in the NFL. Like I do think he's got that sort of football savvy that's you know going to prove successful as much as it like he wouldn't have been fit as a footballer, he still was very, very successful as a footballer, and I think that was probably due to like his uh, football savvy and his football brain, and I think that's going to carry him far on the coaching side of the ball too, so yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if uh, in five years' time there's talk of him taking over as head coach of the Jets. Yeah. Exclusive. Um, that's an exclusive player. <laughs> yeah, I actually wouldn't mind if he was the defensive coordinator either in the future. Um, all right, let's look at the Cincinnati Bengals this week, uh, Jets. Um, I'm actually, I'm not too scared of the, the Bengals now, to be honest. Um, their offensive line isn't doing very well, even though they upgraded big time with the offensive line, the weapons all over the place, like the Jets. Uh, decent, really good quarterback, but like that, he didn't do much on the offseason with the offensive line, they don't seem to be clicking. Um, I can see the Jets' defense getting after Joe Burrow in this game. Um, I can see the run game actually working well in this game because looking last season, we actually ran all over them last season and didn't really upgrade the D line at all. Or, um, so yeah, I'm I'm like two weeks now in the trot went for a loss. I'm going for a W this week. Oh, that was gross in there. Put the slots <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah, like, the fact that we won last week does a lot of pressure off this week playing at home. You know, I think um, had we been 0-2, the, the, the fans in the stadium, had we not have been winning by the second quarter, I might have started turning on the team. But I do think they'll give them a bit more of the benefit of the doubt after such a good win and shown, like, even through pre-season, like, they've built up that thing where they feel like they've not they're not beaten, you know. So like to to win a game like you did has to be a huge boost going into that Cincinnati game on Sunday. Yeah, like I don't think they've much of a run game to speak of at the minute. Cincinnati, I do think it's an opportunity for the Jets defense to get a, a few sacks. Given uh, I think they might have given up about thirteen or fourteen sacks already on Joe Burrows. I, I think I've seen the stats Six the last year. You give up fifty. 57 or something yeah. like that and last year and they're on course to give up 111 this year after two games so whatever that works out uh, divided by nine but uh, yeah like it, it just does seem how do you say an ideal opportunity like the pressure's got to be on Cincinnati as well they have to come out and perform so I think the fans will actually play an important role when Cincinnati have the ball Fans need to be loud, put the pressure on them as much as the Jets' defence do. And I, I think the Jets' defence are capable of geeing up those fans in the stadium, but I, I do think the fans need to play their part. And I think it all goes well on offence, where we can move the ball like we look like we can do over the first two weeks. We don't look like we're making silly mistakes either, other than the couple of fumbles. I think we sort the fumbles out, and, you know, we're going to get in positions to score. I hope we are. I, I think... Uh, Last week, as I said, should give the offense a lot of confidence with how they played and combat with because it was kind of all on the offense that they they kind of won the game. They had to get two touchdowns and the offense did it, like you know. So 
that has to give them all a lot of confidence. Uh, I suppose as well, like uh, the injury report, I don't know whether we'll have anybody back on the O-line this week. I'm not sure about Brown, whether he's going to be ready to go or not. Maybe not. I think it's quite, not that it's irrelevant, but I don't think, uh, you know, if we go into this week with the same O-line as last week, it's not going to be a huge hindrance. Um so yeah, like I'm kind of hopeful that we can maybe move the ball on the ground a bit more this week. We can still look good uh, in the passing game and our defence will hopefully look the best that has looked so far this season. I think if those three things happen, we'll beat Cincinnati. Yeah, well for me, looking at the offensive line from week one to week two, it did improve at all. Um, so with the offensive line playing again this week, I'm expecting them to even improve more than last week. And big props to Max Williams on a right tackle fourth round pick. Um, Max Mitchell. Max Mitchell, sorry. Um, he, yeah. he, I thought, like the last two games, I thought he stood out big time. I know he, he, he was, he was the cause of the strip sack, but like that, he was the guy that fell on the ground for, uh, the fumble, to recover one of the fumbles. Yeah. He had the smarts yeah. to do that. But, I'm watching him now, even like first game, second game, he's been very, very good. And like that. I'll give you a little stat, Ian, uh, if you want. He's actually. Uh, Go ahead. His blocking grade is something like about 56.6 or something like that. But both guys that was drafted in the first round, Aquanu and Evan Neal, are like graded in below 20. Like he's the best yeah. rookie tackle like in the NFL over the first two weeks. Yeah, so that kind of says something by itself because, like, we're getting, like, for the fourth round players something that teams aren't even getting from their fourth round players yet. Like, he had a good test against Miles Garrett there. Even a, you showed me the, the last play of the game when he, he was, Garrett was lined up on, on the rookie. And, no, like, it wasn't like he yes, had to hold yes. him off for long, but he... Still did the job, you know, like, and, and, you know, Garrett's probably one of the best pass rushers that he's going to come up against. And he played plenty on his side because obviously when you're the best pass rusher, you want to try and take advantage of the weakest guy. And looking at it, the weakest guy on the outside was the Jets rookie. And yeah, like, I think he held up very, very well against them. Yeah, because the funny thing was when Clowney went off with the ankle injury, they actually switched Garrett over that side, like, thinking, they were going to get one over on the Jets and didn't work. Um, he held his own. Um, fair play to him. Um, but he yeah. fumble there it was, was from his side. But it was from uh, Clowney sticking the hand out. Like Technically, he blocked them still pretty good. Like, you know, he was probably 95% there. Like, you know, like it, it wasn't like Clowney actually hit him. Yeah. You know, like it was Clowney's cleverness that sucked the hand out going past and just yeah. the Flacco was bringing yeah. his hand through that, that caused the fumble. But, like, that was still pretty good protection for somebody who's playing the second game of his NFL career. Yeah, Cowley is very long. But, I'm saying that as well, like, um, the guy that was drafted in the first round by Carolina and every Jets fan wanted him in the first round, um, Equano. Isn't Equano? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's seemingly struggling mightily in the first game as well. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, like, where, kind of like what was said about him coming out. Where Ma- Ma- Max, 
Jets got a really good look at him in the senior ball and like he played at what Louisiana Tech and they're a heavy run team. And they they usually have decent offensive line. So yeah, happy for Max. Uh, the other thing is the other thing is sorry, we spoke before about the senior ball in was uh it was a great opportunity for the Jets coaching staff to get a, a, a good look at players and how they walked and stuff like that. But also for the guys that were at the senior bowl that the Jets drafted, the, the, it was probably easier for the, for them to come and land as rookies in that team, being slightly familiar with the coaching staff that they're going to be working with now as well. And maybe that's uh, seen with, with Mitchell the benefits there of him being at the senior bowl and working with the Jets staff that the player also had a bit of a leg up moving to the Jets, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and talk more about the offensive line is. They, are, they have improved and I'm expecting them to improve even more. But like that, if Brown comes back in week four or five or six or whatever, I wouldn't rush to put him back in if the, the offensive line is improving. I wouldn't rush to take Max out there because you're taking reps away from him. You're taking growth away from him as well. And the other thing is, to get Fant to swap over again, you're, you're pretty much fucking pissing in his cornflakes. Because you're, you're swapping and change, swapping and change. Guy wants to be a left tackle. I think he's pretty good left tackle, to be honest. Um, so I would be rushing to yeah, but start round. At the same time, he, he needs to he needs to want to be a New York Jet more than he wants to be a left tackle. Well, uh, well, Do you know what I mean? I don't have kind of sympathy for that because if it's what what's best for the team, he needs to suck it up. Well, that's my view. Do you know what I mean? He's paid enough to play like left tackle, right tackle. He's paid enough to mop out the toilets if we need him to. You know, that's the my well, sort of view on it. Well, my view on that it's not ideal to keep a player happy and stuff like that. But like a player should be happy doing a job for a team, regardless of it's not his ideal one. The fact being that he's still viewed as like somebody that can come in and be the right tackle. Yeah, but I don't think he should be really but, giving out. You know, Ruth, I I get what you're saying, but. For me, Fant is actually showed that he's a better left tackle than right tackle. So that's what I don't even think Fant has really shown he's a, a like he's only really played one year as a tackle. Like before he like left uh, Seattle, he he got a few reps as a tackle, but he was a tight end, you know. <laughs> so like. Yeah, it's just a bit strange. Like to me, he hasn't really cemented himself as a tackle just because he wants to play there. He he did do well though last season for the Jets. I will say, like he did grade out very well. I think he only gave up one sack on the season, which was was excellent. Yeah, that and, was uh, left. Yeah, you, you can definitely. Yeah, and he was playing left tackle, but you yeah, know to say that that's right, where he he sees himself. But where, if that's where he feels he sees himself, that's not necessarily where is his best position when it comes to what's required by the team at that given time. So I think he needs to be aware of that and, you know, kind of suck it up. That's well, the other thing is, if he's playing well on the left, Max is playing well on the right, why do you screw that up? No, you I don't. don't. No, yeah. I, you, you definitely don't. You, you play the farm guys and yeah. if the Jets are winning and the two guys are playing well, you... you they stay in for me, like because exactly. you play the the hot hand regardless, that's, you know. That's what I'm getting at. Um, but do you uh, think yeah. Brown would be better if he was be coming back in to be playing right tackle or Fant? For me, I'd rather Fant there and Brown on the left because you just kind of know Brown's a bit more familiar and 
settled on the left side and you know Fan can kind of do a job on the right, that's why I'd be okay with switching them because I don't think Brown would be as capable on the right side. But well, I, I, would, don't know. I, I, I honestly wouldn't rush to stick Brown straight back in. Yeah, let's hope the two tackles continue to play really well and yeah, exactly. we can cope. <laughs> that's right. <on. laughs> yeah. Um, right. Um, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Um, we're after having a bit of trouble earlier on with uh, the laptop um, and Zoom crashing twice. So Zoom editing for me tomorrow. Um, Slaan for me, guys. Yeah. And Slaan for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.